What is the one thing that you can do when your spouse wants out of the marriage and you have absolutely no idea why? Maybe it's not that your spouse wants to literally leave the house and go be somewhere else. Maybe it is, but maybe it's that you're stuck living at home with each other with someone who doesn't want to be in a relationship with you at all. It's gotten to the point where y'all just don't want to be together, don't want to be around each other, or at least maybe your spouse doesn't want to be around you and you don't know what to do to get your spouse to want to be in the marriage again. Or perhaps it is that your spouse literally wants out. They are ready to divorce you. They are ready to move on. They are ready to do something else. What is it that you can do? What is the first thing for you to do? Because I know how it is. It can be completely overwhelming to know where to start. If you're in this situation and you just go to Google and you talk to Google like it's your counselor and you say, what am I supposed to do? And you read the articles, then you can find and see that every article says something completely different. And so you try to start implementing this and implementing that and doing what this person says and doing what that person says. But at the end of the day, nothing has changed and everything seems completely hopeless because you've tried and you've tried, but nothing's working. So should you just give up? I don't think so. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about the one thing that you can do starting now that will bring your spouse back, but whether they are gone and it's literally bringing them back or whether they're just emotionally distant and you're looking to bring them back. How do we know what to do at Marriage Helper? We've been doing this for many, many years and our workshops and coursework has, has gone to over 250,000 people. So I think we have a bit of experience in what works and what doesn't work. And I'm excited to share today what we have seen work in the lives of thousands of people with you. Now, what I'm going to be sharing with you is a snippet of a webinar that we did. And if you want to know when our webinars are so that you can learn things like this as soon as we reveal them and unleash them, then be sure to get on our email list. And you can do that by going to marriagehelper.com or you can give us a call at 615-472-1161, or you can call us toll-free from anywhere in the world at 866-903-0990. Get in our email list, get in our Facebook groups, and um, we'll make sure you know about every webinar that we have. But without any further ado, here is a snippet of our webinar on the one thing you can do that will bring your spouse back when your spouse wants out of the marriage. So glad that y'all are on with us. We're going to be talking about the one thing that you can do when your spouse wants out of the marriage. Um, What can you do? How can you know where to even start? It can just be absolutely overwhelming. Um, We're going to be talking about that today and I'm looking forward to it. This is, this is one of the, One of the bigger things that people ask us, I mean, a lot of times people know why their spouse wants out. It might be because their spouse is having an affair 
or, um, or they just know their spouse has told them the reason that they want out. And so sometimes people do know, but even when they know why their spouse wants out of the marriage, it's still difficult for them to know what to do next. But perhaps the more frustrating situation is when your spouse has left completely or just disconnected themselves from you completely, even if they're living in the same home and you have no idea what might be going on. And it's so frustrating to know where to start or what to do because a lot of times what we want to do is we want to get our spouse uh, to open up to us, to talk to us, to tell us what the issue is, what's going on, because if we just knew, we could change it. But sometimes our spouse might not even know the real reason that they're wanting out of the marriage. And so it can just make this whole process more frustrating, more um, more harder to get through. I mean, you all understand what I'm trying to say because you have been through it. So that's what we're going to be talking about on today's webinar. I'm getting the, the slides up and ready um, so that we can, so I can share them with you and, and we can get started. So just bear with me for just a second um, as I look to share my screen with all of you. And anytime throughout the meeting that you want to ask a question, you can go ahead and type that into the question and answer box and I'll get to those throughout or at the end of, um, of what we're doing. But it will be focusing on the main thing that we're talking about for today's presentation, which is... Okay, now we have the screen share. What to do when your spouse wants out, but you don't know why. So we've already talked about the problem. Your spouse wants out of the marriage. You don't understand why your spouse wants out. And maybe your spouse has said why, but it doesn't make sense to you. Um, maybe your spouse can't explain why themselves. For maybe your spouse has said why, but it doesn't make sense to you. A lot of times we'll, come, we'll have people come to us and they'll say, you know, my spouse says that I've, I've been doing these things that irritate him or that I've become a different person and she doesn't know who I am anymore. And I feel like I haven't changed. So what, what they're saying, what they're doing, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, or maybe your spouse, whenever you're trying to figure out why your spouse wants out, they just, they tell you that they just don't love you anymore. Or there's not one specific reason. They, they just can't explain it. And so you're scared of what the future might hold and you don't want to lose your marriage, but you don't know what to do to stop your spouse from leaving either. So here's what we do a lot of times when our spouse wants out of the marriage. And this is the way we typically respond when our spouse wants out. We tend to push. I know that when I was going through the difficult times that my husband and I went through and, um, and he was acting in the way that he was so angry and, and just saying things that he'd never said before, doing things he'd never done before, and, and saying that it wasn't making him happy anymore, the marriage wasn't making him happy anymore, happy anymore I continued to push him. I would push him and what that means is it would look like he would come home from work and I would say, why won't you talk to me? Why won't you open up to me? What happened today? Why do you want out of the marriage? What, what is going on? And I kept pushing him and pushing him and pushing him to try and open up to me. Tell me what is going on. And while I had good intentions, I wanted him to open up so that we could talk about things. I wanted him to open up so we could work through whatever was going on. 
what was happening in actuality was he was shutting down. I was pushing him so hard that it was pushing him away. Or I would beg him. I would beg him to not do things he was doing, to, to not leave, for him to do things differently. And my begging resulted in the same kind of situation where he just thought, you're begging, you're whining, you're complaining. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to be around you. You're pushing me further away. Or I would plead, try and get him to tell me what was going on, get him to tell me why. These were things that I did in my own marriage, and I saw how it pushed my husband further and further away from me, emotionally and physically. There, both of those things ended up happening. I have, another, I have some other friends, and they were going through marriage troubles a couple of months ago. And one of the things that the wife told me is she said, you know, I've been distancing myself from the marriage for a while because I, I feel like my husband is just not understanding me. He's, he's not letting me open up to him. And, and so these things were happening. And so whenever her husband realized that she was actually getting sick of this and she was going to wanting to leave the marriage and she wanted out of the marriage, he began to give her ultimatums. So as soon as he figured out like, oh, she's leaving and now I have to do something to stop that from happening, she, he would say things like, well, if you leave, I will never do this again. Or if you want out, don't think that you're going to get half of the money. Or I'm never going to sign the divorce papers. These were the things that he would say to her, which just pushed her further and further away. Another thing that we do a lot of times when our spouse wants out is we start making too many changes at once. We think, okay, there's something I'm doing that has clearly led to this, and so I'm just going to change everything. I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to do that differently. I'm going to, I'm going to start working out. I'm going to make all of these changes. I'm going to, um, and, and you know, I didn't make dinner for him before, so I'm going to make dinner every single night now. Uh, she used to want me to have sex with her more, but I wouldn't. So now I'm just going to, I'm going to approach her all of the time. And we start doing all of these things at once, hoping that something that we do will stick and make our spouse want to stay with us. All of these behaviors actually end up pushing people away because pushy behaviors push people away. Now, I know that there might be people on this webinar who have done many different types of things to work on their marriage or to save their marriage, especially when their spouse wants out and doesn't want to work on the marriage with them. And one of the things that we've had people who are in our Save My Marriage course tell us is, you know, I've been in other online programs where they have recommended that we constantly be in touch with our spouse, that we text them every single day or email them or message them or do something to just always be on the forefront of our spouse's mind. And even something as simple as doing that, if your spouse isn't reciprocating that kind of outreach, can end up pushing your spouse away as well. So there's things that we do, and even though we have good intentions and we're doing it because we want our spouse to see that we love them and we care for them and that we're here for them, it can end up coming across as being pushy. And we don't want to be pushy, but there's actually things that we can do and things that we can do differently in order to move forward and bringing our spouse back to the marriage. They just aren't what we typically think to do, but they're things that actually have worked. 
If you're new to Marriage Helper, I guess I should introduce myself. My name is Kimberly Holmes. I'm the CEO of Marriage Helper. We have an amazing team of people that work with us. We have Dr. Joe Beam, who is the founder and chairman of the organization, who uh, you may have heard on some of our podcasts or some different things like that. But me and Joe and actually every single person who works in our organization has gone through our own marriage crisis. And all of us have worked to save our marriage. So whenever you call in and whoever you might talk to or whoever you might be emailing with, all of us are people who have been where you have been and understand the feelings that you feel. And all of us have implemented the tools that Marriage Helper has taught us that has saved our marriages. And so we're not passionate about this just because we teach it to a couple of people and it's worked for some of them. But we're passionate about this because what we have developed has touched over 250,000 people over the past 20 years. And while we've seen those marriages be saved as well, we've seen it happen in our own lives, which matters the most to us because our families are together and our future is strong because of it. The truth of the matter is, is that there could be any number of reasons that your spouse wants out of the marriage. And we covered this in a webinar a couple of weeks ago, how to identify the real reason behind what your spouse or why your spouse is saying that they want out of the marriage and what to do from there. And I, it would take me a whole nother hour just to talk about all of the types of reasons that your spouse might want out of your marriage. And if you really don't know why your spouse wants out of the marriage, then while it is important at some point for you to figure out the true reason behind them wanting out of the marriage, there are things that you can do right now, even if you don't know. Now, if you do know some of the things that might be going on, maybe you know your spouse is in an affair, or maybe you know that there's something that your spouse is, is saying that they're wanting to leave the marriage because of, but even when we do know, sometimes it's still hard for us to know what to do next going forward. And there's one underlying principle that we don't have research on here at Marriage Helper, but we have never seen this fail yet. In all of the work we've done with thousands of people, this underlying principle we believe to be true. That people don't leave what they have unless they believe what they are going to is better. Now, the key word there, if you can see my screen, then you see that it's italicized. The key word there is believe. People don't leave what they have unless they believe what they are going to is better. Whether or not it's true, it's what they believe. Now, let me stop here and say I am not wanting anyone to hear this and start beating themselves up thinking, well, clearly my spouse didn't think that I was good enough to stay with, or they didn't think that I was the better thing to be with. So now they're leaving. Gee, Kimberly, thanks. I feel great about myself. That's not the point of this at all. Because the truth of the matter is, like we said before, there's hundreds of reasons that a spouse could want out of the marriage and it could have nothing to do with something that you have done. It could be that your spouse is facing an addiction and the way that they are processing the world right now is not clear. And so they're villainizing you. We see this a lot when spouses are having an affair. They might have been in the wrong place at the wrong time, which led them to have feelings for a person, which has evolved into a full-blown relationship affair. And they might be in something that we call limerence, which is a, 
um, a scientific, uh, a scientifically validate, validated term for a person who's experiencing a certain type of affair that we call a relationship affair. And limerence acts much like an addiction in someone's mind where they start rewriting history. The good things that were in your relationship, they start seeing differently. And while we don't necessarily have the, the uh, research-backed principles to show that in any kind of marriage relationship where a person wants out, there's something like that, we do see that a lot. It could be that your marriage was great, but something happened in your spouse Whatever it might have been, a change of job at work, something that happened in their life, many different things it could have been to where they see the past differently. And for whatever reason, the situation that they're in, they believe that they can get something better. Now, the thing that we teach at Marriage Helper is how to be the better. Because even if a spouse is left uh, because they just say they don't love you anymore and you don't know the reason, or even if you do know the reason, even if the person is leaving because what they believe the better is, is simply having peace, that definitely could be it. Now, what we really want to do when we look here is we're identifying how can we be the better. We don't know why they're leaving, but we know that they'll come back if they believe that what they're coming back to is better than what they left. Now, again, I just want to reemphasize this isn't to beat anyone up. Your marriage could be in the situation it is, and your spouse, whatever decisions that he or she is making are things that they're making out of their own accord, and we never justify when people make bad decisions. We don't justify them. But every single month, actually twice a month, we see people come into one of our workshops or we, uh, those are what happen twice a month, or we see people who join our online courses, which you can join at any time, um, the Save My Marriage course in particular, and, and they say, you know, I thought that my spouse was the problem. My spouse is the one who wants out, and I just kept seeing being like, if he would just change what he was doing, or if she would just change what she was doing, then our marriage would be great. But now that I start looking at it, I realize that maybe there were some things that I didn't do perfectly either. And there are some things that I can change and I can make better, not only to bring my spouse back, which is important, but that I need to do for me to make me a better person no matter what happens in our marriage going forward. That's what we want to teach you at Marriage Helper, how to be the better and do the things that you need to do for you, even, even if nothing happens in your marriage, which it will. If you apply these principles, changes will happen. But you do it for you no matter what. And one thing is for certain that time is of the essence. Now, that doesn't mean that you start getting so worried about the time that has passed or the amount of time that you feel like you might have left that you start to do these push behaviors, the begging, the pleading, the whining, giving ultimatums, the different things like that that can push your spouse further away. But it simply means that the longer you wait for your spouse to come around and possibly continue the behaviors that led to trouble, the harder it will be. We, our staff, our team here talks to people, dozens of people every single day. And a lot of times, one of the things that they hear from people is, I want to work on my marriage, but I'm just going to wait until my spouse comes back around and is ready to do something. And one of the things that we try and make sure every single person knows is you can start doing things right now 
to make a difference in the future of your marriage, even if you have absolutely no contact with your spouse. Because if you wait until your spouse comes back, you will have waited too late. When we start doing things right now to work on ourselves, is it when it makes all of the difference in the world? And most of the time, it's those changes that we make in secret while our spouse is gone and we're wanting to work on ourselves because it's the best thing we can do for us. It's those changes that we start to make that actually end up bringing our spouse back to us. I've mentioned this in, in other webinars and probably some of the other podcasts that, that I've been on, but my, my marriage hadn't been affected by an affair, but there was definitely a lot of anger that my husband had. And there was a lot of, um, a lot of controlling behavior on my end going on. And I didn't realize how controlling I was being towards my husband and doing these things that were pushing him away. And actually he was struggling with some things that he didn't feel like he could open up to me about because every time he would try and talk to me, I would uh, push him to do something different. I would push him to, to, uh, to not do the things he was doing, or I would make him feel bad or make him feel guilty. And so over time, he just stopped opening up to me and stopped talking to me altogether. And then coupled with that, there were things going on in his life at work that were causing a lot of anger for him, that were uh, causing a lot of hurt for him, which I also didn't know about because we weren't talking. And so our marriage became a place where we were living in the same house and sometimes we were sleeping in the same bed, but we were not connected. We were very much disconnected to the point where it was toxic between the two of us. And so we just didn't engage in communication at all. And I know a lot of you are in situations where that would be an ideal scenario for you just to have your spouse back in the house with you. I understand that you feel that way. But one of the things that I noticed about myself during that time is I kept blaming my husband, his name is Rob, I kept blaming Rob for everything going wrong. If he, he's the one doing this, he's the one being angry all the time, he's the one starting the fights, he's the one who needs to change, and if he would just change, then things would be different. <laughs> if he changes, and that is when we can start working on our marriage and working to move forward because I am not in the wrong. And I very much believed that. And it wasn't until a few years of that that I realized, you know, things aren't going to get better if I just keep waiting for this. And it doesn't matter who's technically in the wrong or why it even started. Change has to start from somewhere. And I am committed to making the marriage work. And I want this to happen, even though it's hard. So I'm just going to start with changing myself. I'm not going to wait for him to start making changes. I'm going to start working on me. And so I did. I started working on myself physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, the things that we teach at Marriage Helpers, something called the pies, which a lot of people talk about and I'm sure many of you have heard about before. But when I started working on those is when Rob started seeing a change in me. And as he started seeing this change in me and in my demeanor and in my behavior, because I wasn't preoccupying my mind all the time with everything that was wrong in our marriage, he was able to see that maybe I can start talking to her about some things. And it wasn't like the floodgates opened and everything was great all of a sudden. It was like a slow trickle 
where he would start opening up to me about certain things and I handled it differently than I did before. And so I slowly started building his trust over time, which now, you know, we have this great marriage where we're best friends. We're closer than we've ever been before, but it all happened because I was able to start doing something. And it comes a time for all of us, no matter where we are in our marriage, to make that decision and going forward. Now, you might be thinking, okay, I agree with all of that. That's perfect. I love it. But what can I start doing? And I want to start by saying what you can start doing by identifying specific things that you possibly are doing now that have led to push your spouse away, even though you didn't intend it to. I've mentioned our workshops before. We do workshops twice a month. They're three-day workshops called our Marriage Helper Workshops. And in those workshops, we have people um, who are there for many reasons, but mainly people who are in a marriage crisis where it's the breaking point for them. And this is their last-ditch effort to try and make their marriage work. And we have a 77% success rate. It's saving those marriages that come there. And one of the things we see every single time, without a doubt, is the when people come in and we start talking about uh, what we call controlling behavior in our workshop, without a doubt, people say, I didn't realize that I was doing those things. And it's almost every person that comes in and they say, I didn't realize that I have been controlling and I didn't mean to. So these push behaviors that I've been talking about at the beginning of the webinar are actually things that uh, when we get into them are what we call controlling behaviors. But controlling is a bit harsh of a word, so we try and use something a little bit less heavy um, in calling them push behaviors, but really what they are is controlling tendencies. And so we've designed a test for you to see if you're doing any of the behaviors that might have unintentionally pushed your spouse away. So in the next screen that I'm going to go to, and you will get these slides in an email that you get, but in the next screen that you do, uh, go ahead, if you can, and take a screenshot of this page, or at least just look at it. And you'll see that what there is, in case you can't see it, if you're on a mobile device or something like that, what it is, is it, uh, it is a seven-point scale. And it goes from one to seven, with one being never, and seven being all of the time. Now, this is the scale that you're going to use over the next couple of questions that I'm going to ask you. There's going to be 10 questions total, I believe. And so maybe you're at work and, and you need to just uh, take out a piece of paper. And as I read the questions out loud, you rate yourself on a piece of paper and, uh, and then you tally it up or you look at it afterwards. Or if you have the ability, you can take screenshots of this page and the next two pages, but you'll also get this in an email afterward. But one is never, two is rarely three occasionally, four about as often as not, so right in the middle, five means more often than not, six is most of the time, and seven is all of the time. So that's the scale you're going to use for these next couple of questions. So with it, you answer the following. The first question is, you get frustrated or angry when things aren't going your way, and you do not hide it. So on a scale of one to seven, with one being never and seven being all of the time, how often would you say that that happens? You get frustrated or angry when things aren't going your way and you don't try to hide it. The second one is there are things that you do not allow your spouse to do. 
on a scale of one to seven. I never do that, or I all the time do that, or maybe it's somewhere in the middle. Number three, you check your spouse's phone, emails, Facebook pages, etc., so that you will know what he or she is doing and who he or she is communicating with. On a scale of one to seven, one being never, seven being all of the time. Number four, you tell your spouse about his or her errors or mistakes. Never, all the way to all of the time. And remember, four is the one in the middle, and it's about um, about as often as not. So right in the middle. And I'll go ahead and be the first to admit that number four was and still is something that I continue to struggle with, um, but something I used to do really bad about telling my husband all the time about the things he was doing wrong. Number five, when in a disagreement with your spouse, you continue to explain things until your spouse sees your point and finally yields. How often do you do that? One being never, seven being all the time, and four being right in the middle. The next one, you use guilt, shame, or the silent treatment to get your spouse to do what you believe he or she should do. One is never, four is right in the middle, and seven is all of the time. You get upset or angry if you don't know where your spouse is. Now, upset or angry, that doesn't mean you get concerned. We definitely should get concerned and worried if we don't know where our spouse is and we haven't heard from them, but that's different than getting upset and angry if you don't know where your spouse is. Number eight is when your spouse doesn't agree with you or does something that you don't like, you use one or more of the four horsemen to show your displeasure. Really quickly, the four horsemen are doing things such as ignoring your spouse, something we call stonewalling, just not shutting down and not talking at all to your spouse. Another one of the four horsemen is criticism, constantly criticizing your spouse, saying things like, what is wrong with you? How could you do something like that? Another one is being very defensive with your spouse, so never accepting the blame, always blaming your spouse. And then the fourth one is showing contempt, which basically is when you say things like, um, you, I can't believe that you just sit around and do nothing all day. How could you do that? You're so lazy. I knew that you'd never amount to anything. So when your spouse doesn't agree with you or does something you don't like, do you do any of those things to show your displeasure on a scale of one to seven? And then number nine is you feel that your spouse needs your leadership and direction. My wife can't survive without me. She needs for me to make these decisions for her because if I don't, then she'll make the wrong decision. Or my husband doesn't know how to do these things and if I don't show him exactly what to do or tell him how to do it, he'll do it wrong. So I have to be the one to do it on a scale of one to seven. And then on number 10, you step in and solve problems that your spouse has, that your spouse has even if your spouse has not asked you to solve the problem. Rarely, four is right in the middle and seven is all of the time. Now, if you go through and you look at all of the answers that you gave, or maybe you were doing it mentally in your head and you were assessing those kinds of things, remember that that number four is right in the middle. You know, I do that about as often as I don't do it. So it's about half the time. The truth is, if you answered any of the questions, even one, 
with the answer of a four or above, it indicates that you may exhibit these push behaviors or these controlling behaviors even if you don't mean to. So at this point, you might be looking at this and thinking, maybe you're thinking that you knew this, that you were aware that you had been controlling. Maybe your spouse has said it to you before. And so this isn't a huge shock to you. If that's the case, then one of the things that I want to encourage you about is that if you know that that's an issue and that control uh, is something, then the question I want to ask is, have you been working on changing it? And maybe you're here and you're looking at this and you're like, I didn't know that I had that I was doing things like that. I didn't know that if I were to, uh, you know, if I feel like my spouse leads my needs my leadership and direction, I thought that I was just helping them. I didn't realize that I was trying to control them or that it was coming across as control, even if that's not what we intended to do. Or I didn't know that if I was telling my spouse about all the things that they were doing wrong, that that was actually not helping them as much as I thought it was. You know, I thought that I was just trying to help them. We've seen many relationships like this, and control is one of the top three things that we see affect every single marriage. And a lot of times it goes right in with other problems that are happening in marriage, like an affair might be going on, but there's also control affecting the marriage. And controlling tendencies can be really difficult to handle because when a person is controlling, like I was, when someone like me, when I am controlling in my marriage, one of the things that I had to realize was that I was controlling because in my mind, I didn't see it that way. And the reason I didn't see it that way is because I had good motives. I had good intentions. I wanted my husband to be successful. I wanted him to succeed and to do things right and for people to love him and for all of these things. But really, the message I was portraying to him was, you're not good enough the way you are. And so in order for me to respect you and accept you the way that I want to, you need to do these things differently. Or in order for me to love you, you need to change. And what it boils down to is being able to accept your spouse and realize that you can't control what your spouse does. And that marriage isn't about controlling if your spouse watches or likes the same things you do or votes for the same politician that you vote for or even likes the same football team, which depending on which football team you like may be uh, may be really important to you. But these things all, all go back to, even though I might have had right motives and good intentions on my part, the way that I was showing them to my husband were disrespectful and showing him that I didn't accept him for who he truly was, that he had to change or do something differently in order for me to love him, to move forward, to treat him the way that he deserved to be treated. It's not about your intention. It's about your spouse's perception. Now, honestly ask yourself, is there any chance that I've been exhibiting controlling behavior even if I didn't mean to? Even if I didn't mean to do these things, it doesn't make you a bad person. Please hear that. People aren't bad people for, for exhibiting controlling behaviors or doing things that push their spouse away, but there comes a time when we have to look at ourselves and realize, are these things I've been doing? And if so, I have to be honest enough with myself to make 
a decision and a plan to stop these things and to start doing the things that are going to bring my spouse back and build my marriage up again. One of the things we say often at Marriage Helper is in order to save your marriage you have, and have a healthy marriage, you have to stop doing the things that are destroying love and start doing the things to rebuild love. It seems simple, but we know because we're fighting for our marriages right now that it's harder than it looks. A lot of times it takes that third party or someone else, someone who doesn't, uh, who's not as close to it as we are to see some of the things that we're doing that we don't realize that we're doing. And hearing those things that we might be doing wrong we can make us defensive. I'm not doing that. No, I'm, I have pure motives. I have good reasons for doing the things I'm doing. That's a lot of the times the way that we respond to that. But knowing that we need to stop the behaviors that are destroying marriage and start doing the things to build love is the perfect place to start. So the number one thing you can do right now if your spouse wants out is stop the push behaviors. Stop the controlling behaviors. And you might be thinking, okay, what are those? We can go right back to that list. Are you getting frustrated or angry when things aren't going your way? Are you telling your spouse things that they aren't allowed to do? Are you telling your spouse things that they're not allowed to feel? You can't love that other person. You can't go out and do those things. You can't move out. You can't separate from me. It's okay for us to want our spouse to stay with us. We should want our spouse to stay with us. But when we tell our spouse what they can or can't do, that's completely different than saying, I would love for you to stay here. I understand that you love that other person, but it hurts for me to hear that. You know, I, I understand that you want to go out with the boys, and if that's what you choose to do, then, then I accept that, but I wish that you would stay home. And even just those words I said, the tone that I said it is way different than saying those same words as, but I wish you would stay home with me. I wish that you wouldn't do that. Our voice inflections, the words that we use, the way that we say things, all of this plays into these push behaviors that we talk about or these controlling tendencies. Maybe it even goes back to that you've been giving your spouse some ultimatums. If you don't stop the affair, if you don't stop doing this or that, then I'm going to fill in the blank. Now, Talking about the ultimatums is different than talking about boundaries. And there is a time and a place for boundaries. If your spouse is involved in a behavior that's destructive to, to him or her or to your family, like an alcohol addiction or a narcotics addiction or different things like that, then there is a time and a place to set up boundaries. And we are all for that. And we have a whole podcast episode that, uh, called The Definitive Guide to Boundaries that you should look for on iTunes or on Google Play. You can search marriage radio on either of those and you can find those those podcasts you can also find it on marriagehelper.com go to the search bar and type in boundaries and you can find that and you can listen to it but what we see most of the time is that people implement ultimatums way before they should and use it a lot of times like punishment and not like an actual boundary 
So when you're thinking through some of these things, you probably already have a list of some of the things that you may have done when your spouse was in the house or when you and your spouse did have, um, were talking and ha were having better communication than you're having now. And you can probably sit back and think, I did some of those things. And if those things are coming to your mind, make a list of those things. For me, I shared that I was the first to tell my husband the things he was doing wrong. I would, uh, you know, you need to wear your tie differently. You shouldn't wear those pants with that shirt because it looks bad. You should have talked to that person differently. Why didn't you ask him how their day was going? I mean, every single thing, it was like, you need to do it differently, <laughs> which is definitely the perception I see that I gave him now. But at the time, again, I didn't realize that it was coming across that way. But that would be something I would put on this list. I'm trying to push him to change. You know, earlier at the webinar, I said that when my spouse and I were going through our difficult times, I would push him to talk to me about things. Oh, just get, just open up. Just talk to me. Just tell me what's wrong. Just tell me one thing. Just tell me one thing. And it pushed him even further away. So if there's things like that that, that are already going through your mind and you're thinking, I can see how even though my intentions were good and I didn't mean for it to come across that way, I can see how my spouse might think that I was pushing, that I was being controlling, and that's not what I intended to do. So make a list of those stop behaviors and decide what you're going to do differently. You know, instead of trying to push my spouse to open up to me and tell me what's wrong, I'm just going to ask them how their day is going. I'm going to stop trying to get my spouse to do what I want them to do, and I'm just going to focus on rebuilding a friendship with them, asking them how their day was, seeing if there's anything I can do for them, but not being overly pushy, not being demanding, but just doing things like that. So there it was. I hope that you enjoyed it and that you gained so much from it. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get our up-to-date podcast as soon as they come out. And if there's anything we can do to help you, if you want to know more about our workshops that save marriages or our online courses for saving marriages, then give us a call. Again, the numbers are 615 472-1161, or you can call us toll-free from anywhere in the world, 866-903-0990. And go and peruse all of our free resources and things that we have on our website at marriagehelper.com. We look forward to helping you save your marriage. Have a great day.